0: Hello and welcome to the Ambition Podcast. I'm David Wittsail, Director of Marketing and Communications at Amber and BGA. Amber feels very passionately about its role in beyond accreditation and the further implications of the accreditation and what it has on business schools. Last month I had a telephone conversation with Tanya Easton, an independent consultant in the higher education space. We had a conversation about how accreditation has an impact in deciding programme content, in working with other departments within the university and also in the overall strategy of the business school. Hi Tanya, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us today. I was, I was hoping we could start the conversation if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your own career.
1: So I've got a background in project management in strategy and communications and I have held permanent roles in uh, local government, in pharmaceutical marketing and higher education. So they're in three highly regulated sectors. Um, In higher education, I worked on professional services side and I held management and leadership roles that were in the areas of quality assurance, in faculty operations, and in the accreditations in business school. So that role also included uh, AMBA. Um, So I helped to deliver the school accreditation on the MBAs, which was in the UK and also an overseas provision. Uh, the Management Masters and the DBA. Uh, I also uh, supported the school through AACSB accreditation and it's EPAS accreditation at undergrad, the postgrad and doctoral level. Um, also all of the other professional body exemptions and accreditation, so it's quite a busy role. Um, I'm now uh, an independent consultant that supports business schools to design and implement their strategies
0: so I guess from the perspective of accreditations in particular, you've got a wealth of experience in in, in sort of, you know, working your way through the the process to, to get to accreditation and beyond. Um, in, in your opinion, what do you think the best ways that business schools should be preparing for accreditation should be?
1: I think the first thing to do is to understand why they're doing it. Uh, there's a reason behind that. And sometimes it's as simple as everyone has it, so we're going to have to have it ourselves. Um, it may be that they want to enter specific rankings, and there's a requirement to have an accreditation. And there is a value to that, of course, that you've got to keep up with your competitors. But what also will a particular accreditation bring to your stakeholders and your school? And why won't you? might why, why, why might you want a portfolio of accreditations? So it, it's about for me thinking about the drivers. Are they mainly internal? Do you need to quality measures and you're going to use the accreditation for that Uh, are you looking to have it as a measure of impact so that you have something to gauge your progression against or are the drivers purely external is it just a position into a different market or to change who you're being benchmarked against by your applicants it's probably a mix of those things but I think having that understanding and, and creating a clarity around the reason for the accreditation helps with that journey through it. And I think then the actual operational preparation then depends on the schools so that may be that at the initial eligibility application is just led by the leadership team um as they're starting to define their strategy around what they want to do and why. But once they are looking more deeply at the accreditation, looking at the, the service areas within the school, so the special teams and the programme leads, to engage them in the process because there are areas of excellence already within the school. We need to make sure that those things are still staying and being improved upon further. And the areas that might need to be changed to meet accreditation standards, you're going to need those teams to engage properly behind the reason for the accreditation to make sure that that everyone's moving forward in the same way.
0: And then I guess on that one, sort of idea of moving forward, you know, I guess that the best business schools are those that are constantly evolving, adapting to change, really leading the, the curve when it comes to change. So do you think there's an argument to involve a lot of student interests in, in really informing course content and how do you think that business schools can better do that?
1: I think there's a balance to be had. Um, I think in relation to teaching and student application, the key factor is going to be employability. Uh, So the students, as much as they might like learning about a subject, they're looking at their career prospects at the end of it. And the employers also want to know that a a school is delivering a student graduate who is trained or has knowledge in the areas that they need. Um, Academic staff who are well engaged in their disciplines, they know what's happening currently in uh, the sector that they're teaching. And I think the students need to try that the academic staff will be supporting them with the right skills and knowledge so that that base is there and that the student then can incorporate that as they go out into their career. That said, the, the graduates will then be moving into the firms and they will be shaping those firms through their own work and the way that they interact with people. And I think it's really important to understand what those students might need. So it may be that they're bringing through a particular angle in their assignments, um, that we need to think about what those themes are, how are the lecturing staff incorporating those interests into the curriculum? Is it just a matter of there is a choice of case studies or text to use, and those students actually can engage more with one than another, in which case the academic member of staff can, can choose to incorporate one that will really help to engage the student in that that piece of understanding, and really make it more accessible.
0: And then, I guess, in terms of how business schools can integrate with other departments within the university, is that something that you're seeing happening? And and how can how can the business schools make most of the other university departments to really enhance the the MBA program content?
1: when it comes to integrating with other departments in the university. Uh, even before the MBA, there has been a history of that particularly at master's level. Um, it may be that business schools are already working with other university departments with teaching management in the context of sustainability or the circular economy or something that's coming through quite a lot now is in the creative industries um, and that's a shared teaching. Um, with the MBA, you're also seeing a lot of uh, sector-specific MBAs coming through. So it could be um, that the core content, as might be needed by Amber Accreditation, is delivered, teaching the core principles of of an MBA, but its management report or final dissertation is within one particular sector, um, and that can be paired through teaching with look, the School of Medicine or whether it can be, be done through engineering departments as well. I think one of the challenges with that is the potential lack of variety in the cohort, because one of the strengths of an MBA program is having that mix in the classroom of, of not only disciplines of the departments that someone might work in in a firm, but also their their past experience and, and bringing that together to have that shared learning experience. One of the things that we also can think about is how, for example, in an engineering department in a university, project management has probably been taught for a long time. It's standard part of, of understanding how how things must happen in the construction industry, but that isn't always taught by business school staff. I think it's about understanding strategically for a whole institution is where those um specialisms sit. You know, there are some um, universities where the business school staff will teach into all programs that need sort of management management discipline learning, and there are other areas where. For example, in engineering, there will be teachers in that that teach engineering management. And there is an issue around accreditation for that as well because, of course, there are some accreditation bodies where you have to uh, show metrics attached to the teaching staff. And if you have a, a shared program, then how do you balance that? Because it may be that the teaching staff from another university department are being managed under different criteria by their leadership team those within the business school and i think there are, there are several ways that we need to be careful around how that works
0: wow lots to think about there <laughs> i think in terms then of if we're thinking about sort of partnerships and and, and working with different stakeholders within the university we've talked a lot about um, students we've talked about other departments within the university but i guess the other the piece of the jigsaw is alumni how do you think business schools could better connect and engage with their graduates and their alumni community
1: I think the first thing is to know uh, who they are and where they are <laughs> because I think there's, there are a number of areas where actually schools unfortunately lose contact with their alumni. They, the students come through, they graduate and they're done um, and I think that is a shame because a lot of schools actually see the value of strong alumni relations and, and their alumni also also appreciate that too. I think there's a, there's a piece around understanding how to message the students the current students that they're actually part of a bigger community that that doesn't need to end when they graduate um part of that can be through having sort of visibility of alumni returning uh doing guest lectures being more engaged in other ways and you start to create sort of a natural pipeline of the students that graduate then becoming part of that alumni network because although in some cases alumni can become financial funders to the institution that's not the only value and there are also other ways that there can be a value whether it's guest lecturing or or even just coming in as an advisory context or as an inspiration to students to see that this is what you could become you know two years after graduation 10 years after graduation whatever it may be and that there's a value from networking with other people that have graduated from your school so i think there's, there's practical processes that you can operationalize by making sure that sort of email addresses are up to date Some schools, you know, keep an email address for life and they teach the students how to have that auto-forwarded into their Google account or whatever else it may be. Um, But I think it's about understanding as well as what alumni may want from the school, Um, because a lot of the time we think about what they can give back to a school, but why would they want to do that? And look, there's, there's quite a bit of work around nostalgia being a key driver for alumni, but also... The sort of the career advancement and making sure that they understand what their network can be expanded but also that people like learning and all of us do that throughout our life in, in whatever way we do and thinking about the university doesn't have to be just transactional it doesn't have to be you come in you do your degree you leave they can be a place of learning in the mind of that alumni forever so how can we carry that on through In what way can we give the alumni access to the latest developments latest innovations that are coming out of the school and thinking that through? Once we've we've got the sort of a communication plan in place, then you can start thinking that bigger marketing strategy around segmentation, what messages go to, to which segments and why. And it can take a bit of resource to do that. And I think that's one of the challenges for a lot of business schools is how much resource put in when the return on investment isn't as clear if it's not pure financial fundraising. But thinking about those career options for students, the internships that might be available, that integration with the corporate world, there's there's a key financial indirect piece there as well for the school that I think shouldn't be overlooked.
0: So so effectively what I'm taking from that is that it's about reciprocity, so working out the value that, that the school can get from the alumni as much as the value the alumni can continue to get from the school and, and, and trying to work out, the, I suppose, the sweet spot where they can both get as much as they need from each other.
1: Absolutely. It's about the benefit to both parties, really. And there is a benefit to both. It is finding what that is within the particular context of the school.
0: Okay. So moving on from alumni relations to accreditation. Um, And I think it's fair to say in the sort of run-up to an accreditation visit, the the school will have to work pretty hard to pull together a lot of data that that will need to be sort of analysed and collated during the accreditation process. Is there a way that you think that the schools could use this data strategically to inform their decision-making going forward as well?
1: Oh, absolutely, yes. and I think some of the accreditation processes support that. So if you're thinking about who's teaching on a program or how many PhDs sit within the program team, those sort of data help to make the decisions of, of, for example, supporting more academic staff to to register on a PhD and and to to get their doctorate. That then feeds back into the data set, looking stronger. But of course, there are other values to it than just getting uh, stronger metrics. But I think one of the key things around the data is thinking that if it's not required for the standard reporting cycle of the university, then it can sometimes be a bit of a tick box. That data is just siloed, it's done for the accreditation, and we'll just move on. And I think that works. You get your accreditation, but I don't think that's the reason that the accrediting bodies asked for that data, and I think it's important for a school to really get under the skin of why they're asking for that data set, and then to think about well we've got this, what else can we do with it in, in our local context So for example, if you're presenting lists of dissertation titles to an accrediting body, then what else can we do with that information? We've spent the time using uh, using systems and people to actually get that list what value can come from it you know going back to your comments about students designing courses and the course content well is there something there if if the dissertation title is a relatively free choice then it's almost an internal market insight is what's happening in in, at this time within the student body of what are the hot topics you know is that happening just this year is it a particular cohort or is it happening year on year if you're not collecting that same data for all of your programs because it's only for one particular accredited program? Or is it worth actually considering collecting it across the school? Is there a piece of insight there around this body of interest that we didn't really know about, but is actually available to us as long as we look at it? What do you then do with that information? Do you think about marketing your courses differently that are due on your website you're starting to move those themes through because clearly the students that are there currently are interested in them, so perhaps the applicants might be as well. Um, does the curriculum cover it enough? Could it just be that we add more case studies in in that area? Or is it actually that there's something substantial and we need to think about designing a new programme, um, which obviously has timelines attached to it and quality assurance. So you have to make sure that there's a trend coming through that's consistent in order to 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 go through with that. But these are all things where actually a data set and a list can actually prompt you into making different strategies go forward. You could even think about alumni. You know, if you've got particularly on sort of a postgraduate course, if those themes are coming through strongly from a cohort of students, well, is that something that you might think that your alumni body might be interested in? Those short seminars offer some curated content. I think we do have a lot of data that can help formulate new ideas and innovations, but sometimes we do have to look at it in a different way and actually just sit back and think what else can this tell us
0: okay, great lots of lots of ideas in there actually, and I think it's it's quite useful to see that there's there's more to the process than simply gathering the data for an accreditation visit. It can be used strategically, staying with the topic of of strategy, I think it's fair to say that business schools are the organisations that are the ones that analyse business strategy across the world and, and look into how organisations are performing, they advise leaders of the future and how how best to devise their own strategies. Do you think that there are blockers um, in the current, I suppose, environment that are, are, are sort of holding back business schools from achieving their own strategic objectives? Um, is that something that you've noticed in, in your career?
1: I think it's primarily going to be about an engagement with the strategy. You know, going back to that basic understanding of start with why. Has that been communicated to the staff? If we're thinking internally in the business school, and have they engaged with it? Do they have they just been told it, or do they actually start to believe it and buy into it? Um, I think it's important that, that advising what the new strategy is isn't really enough. It's being clear on why you're doing it, what it is but what the end point of that journey looks like. Um, I'd suggest that there's sometimes some resistance around change for change's sake. Uh, some, Uh I think it, often you have a school that is progressing on a particular route and then sometimes the staff feel like all of a sudden it's moved in another direction, but that direction isn't quite clear what it is, where we're moving towards. And, and the staff in general are looking at how does this affect me? Is it just another process that I'm going to have to do? Uh, I don't really have time for that. And I think it's about really speaking to the staff and helping them to to engage in, in what that endpoint is and, and to see value in it for themselves, that they can actually be part of a, a bigger achievement that can support the students, can support the business school in engaging with its corporate clients, to actually look at that bigger piece of, what is it? And that comes down to, you know, change management, transformation piece, the psychology of, of organizations, which are all the things that business schools teach. And sometimes I think that they they don't get presented in a way that really helps the, the staff to engage in that and to buy in fully.
0: I couldn't agree more. So you you're saying it's it's a, as much about purpose as it is about strategy and sharing that vision together.
1: Absolutely, because you you know, broadly, accreditation is a mission statement, but what does that look like? You know, it, and I, it's not about that latent response of "this is what our mission statement is." It's like, well, what, what does it feel like, and why are we doing the things that we're doing? And people do appreciate having a purpose. You know, that's sort of it, it's a standard thing that we can align to, and we understand why we're going to work every day. We understand what we're doing to support students, and that's often there with with the staff, but it's not directly associated with the mission and the strategic objectives of the leadership team, I would suggest.
0: So then talking, I suppose, about beyond accreditation now, Amber feels very passionately that accreditation is is part of the journey and it would be, you know, taking business schools forward, opening doors, and there's lots of benefits to be achieved once accreditation is complete. It's not just about having the stamp, it's about a much bigger process um, in, in terms of forwarding business education in the wider arena. Um, so I'd like to talk to you a little bit about some of the benefits that accreditation can bring to business schools if they, if they you know, sort of want to take those benefits, if that makes sense. So talking about marketing first, how do you think accreditation can help with the school's marketing and recruitment strategy?
1: I think that accreditation puts the school into a new sector. Um, it's, it's an external quality measure, so it's not just the marketing team saying that the school is brilliant, it's doing well, and all those things that you know uh, savvy customers might see coming. It's an external, international accrediting body who has come in, reviewed your school, reviewed the programs that you're uh, preparing students with, and saying, "Oh, this is quality." And the accrediting body are happy to put their brand onto the program or onto the school in its entirety i think that's a really strong message and leveraging that is just really important so i think there's a there's a piece around having a communications plan that's prepared that involves the the messaging of the accrediting body you know what what's the purpose of that accrediting body they, they have their own mission statement well if it's about quality uh, management education, then that's a thread that can then move through into the marketing strategy to the, the school's team. Um, I'd also suggest, though, that the marketing strategy has to be part of the overall school strategy and not separate. So it's knowing what the school wants to be known for, you know, how do you communicate that, where are you going to communicate that, but also how the accreditation reports have positioned the school. Generally, they're not written by the marketing team, and you know, and it's it's it strongly uh, suggested that they shouldn't be written by marketing team because they're supposed to be factual and you know represent the data appropriately, uh, rather than just having a sales spin on them. But they'll usually have that golden thread throughout them. So there's there's something in the narrative that will be talking about the mission of the school, about its strategy. But are those themes also coming through in the marketing materials? So are they, you know, speaking the same language? And I think that's important that that piece going through where it's quite clear what the school is, what it's doing. And that's one of the major reasons why the body have accredited. Um, I think the other thing to think about potentially is that marketing's often attached to student recruitment in a business school. But of course, in the corporate world, You don't just market towards new customers. You continue in your aim to retain customers. And it's obviously different in in higher education. But thinking about that pride and value that a current student can have from knowing that they are at an accredited school or an accredited program is really important because once they feel pride, they then start talking about what a great school they're at and that word of mouth marketing piece can come through. I think that internal student communications piece is also an important part of marketing strategy for an accreditation.
0: And then I suppose taking the conversation about external and and the connections further, um, accreditations can can help schools build connections with, a, I suppose, a wider ecosystem in the higher education um, arena. So with with other business schools, but also with corporate partners and external stakeholders. How, in your experience, has accreditation made a difference in these areas?
1: Oh, I think they do make such a difference. I think the, you know, I personally have a lot of connections within business schools now, and that's through. Of inter- accreditation conference network and those connections are about lessons learned and you know about sharing that journey together from from a partnership perspective for business schools and connecting with other business schools I think that's perhaps for, for the t and and for international education partnerships then having an international accreditation it really does give a sense of sort of assurance to both sides because Again, it's about that external body that's reviewed the quality assurance processes, and there's some sort of almost an informal due diligence done there. That if the accrediting body have already reviewed behind the scenes, then actually you can you can step step forward into into those conversations with a little bit more deep understanding that you you've both been assessed in the same way and you've both hit benchmarks. Um, for corporate partners for sort of external stakeholders i think that the accreditations are also important so for example if you've got a, a student that might want to do an mba but they're employed and they're looking to do it part-time you know does the employer want that mba to to be AMBA accredited or ranked by the ft well if they are then they're more likely to perhaps pay the program fees um, and i think it's understanding that again it's about that that quality assurance, that stamp of of understanding that it's not just the school saying that they are one thing. Someone else has almost come in and checked that
0: that's true. Okay, last question, Tanya. So, um, most of the business school leaders that I speak to are very keen to ensure that their organisations are staying ahead of the curve when it comes to the trends and themes in in higher education. What would your advice to, to, to other business school leaders be in terms of really... Keeping up to date and and setting the agenda when it comes to to what's happening in the higher education sector.
1: I think the key thing for a lot of, of the business school leaders is, is the network. Um, that we talk to each other and that we understand what's going on elsewhere. What might have worked in one context hasn't worked in another. I think business schools in that wider higher education sector also starting to keep their eyes open a little bit more. Because if you think about what's happening in computing departments, for example, that's been separate in you know, for for a number of decades, that's perhaps been separate to business schools. But now it's clearly gonna impact future business managers, whether it's through AI, removing jobs that a business school career might have led to, um, or perhaps it's within teaching within the business school itself, through gamification, well, those things are already being developed within the computing departments in higher education institutions. So, it's, again, it's about networking. It's about understanding what's going on and thinking how do we work through those things together. Um, recently, with what's happening with the, the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of schools have been forced to move more online, but that's been more of a crisis management response rather than sort of a pre-planned, and very polished ed tech offering and I think it's also though been giving them a sort of a safe space to explore it so I think most people understand that it's not as clean as they would have prepared if they'd had you know 18 months to, to actually prepare a full online offer but equally with everyone being in that space together it's being explored some of the fears around not doing it quite right or that they've would create, you know, poor learning environments actually being mitigated against everyone's moved into the space together and everyone's learning that there are parts of that blended learning offer that probably can be carried through going forward once things get back to a little bit more of the new normal. But also the schools that have been doing that for a number of years and doing it successfully have also been sharing and they've been advising others because they see that the student experience is important. And that then really isn't the time for competitiveness.
0: Well, Tanya, thanks very much for, for answering all my questions and also for your advice, which I think would be really relevant for, for so many of our listeners to, to take away and put into action straight away. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you very much for your time, too.
0: Some great insight and practical inspiration from Tanya Easton. If you would like to find out more about how Amber can support you beyond accreditation, take a look at our website at www.associationofmbas.com forward slash beyond accreditation. And there you'll find a wealth of support in terms of marketing, communications, student and graduate membership, events, RBGA membership, and much more.